God of glory, all the praise, all the recognition, all of the honor. Come on, those of you that are viewing right now, let's give Him the praise. Let's exalt Him. I'm convinced that the same anointing that we're feeling here right now is the same anointing that you're feeling right now in your home as you're watching this. Come on, let's give Him the praise. Let's give Him the glory. God is in control. God is in control. God is in control. We give you praise and glory. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. So thankful for anointed praise and anointed worship that creates an incredible environment for the Word of God, not just to be preached, but for the Word of God to become engrafted, for the Word of God to take effect, for the Word of God to change lives, change situations. Praise God. Praise God. We're delighted for all of you that are watching this from Cornerstone. And if you're visiting with us right now and you happen to be viewing this, we're equally delighted uh, that you are tuned in today. God bless you. And with that being said, we invite you to tune in often and keep up <clears throat> with all that God is doing here. Starting on Monday morning, every morning, we will be posting a devotional uh, that was going to be a blessing to start your day with. And so we encourage you to, uh, to view that. And then, of course, on Tuesday evening, <clears throat> we will be having our midweek service. And then, of course, next Sunday, we will be also having the praise and the worship and the ministry of the Word of God. Also, we'd like to say that prayer will continue from 5.30 in the morning until 10 p.m. every single night. We want to encourage you and invite you to come and pray. You don't need a fob to get into the building. We just want you to come. We are urging uh, everyone, uh, every member from Cornerstone to come in and pray at least twice a week. And uh, we will continue to perpetuate the promises of God and the power of God in our midst. Praise God. Let's lift our hands and give Him praise one more time. I feel the power of the Spirit of God beginning to minister and to reach. God, we love you. We praise you. We worship you. Father, we do not take your glory and your presence for granted. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. I'd like to draw your attention uh, to... Mark chapter number four, and we're going to read a brief passage of scripture there. And while you're turning there in your Bibles, I want to say that this is a perfect opportunity for those of you that are viewing this from Cornerstone to be reaching out to your neighbors, be reaching out to your coworkers. Uh, be reaching out to all of those that you are connected with that are in need of hope 
there is an incredible void of hope in our world. And the media has blanketed our entire nation with doubt and fear. And we bear good news. And the power of the Holy Ghost is available. The Bible says in Acts chapter number 17, for in him we move and breathe and have our being. So God is everywhere and he is an ever-present help. <clears throat> Mark chapter number 4, and we're going to start reading in verse number 35. The Bible says, And the same day when the even or the evening was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. I want to tell you, when God is in the picture, his desire is to get to the other side. And I know that I'm speaking metaphorically right now, but the reality of life is, is that we are all on a journey to make it to the other side. And when they had sent away the multitudes, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? I want to preach to us for a few moments right now on the church in uncharted waters. The church in uncharted waters. Maybe you're just visiting in, maybe you just tuned in, maybe at the request of somebody that attends this church you're watching. I wanna urge all of us right now to pray. We're not just gonna pray for the remainder of this service and for the word of God and the spirit of God to be effectual, which I believe that's gonna happen. But I want us to join together to pray for our nation and our president, our community, even those in our church that are sick, that are battling illness, are in the various stages of recovery. We want to pray for them. Would you lift your hands and lift your voice with us as we pray? Father, we love you. We praise you. God, I pray for the effectual work of your spirit and the word of God in the remainder of this service today. God, beyond that, I pray for our nation that is in a quandary and is fearful and perplexed. I pray for our present, those that are in leadership of this nation, that you will give them wisdom and you will direct the words and their thoughts to the best interest of this nation and even the world. God, I pray for Cornerstone and our community here, that you would keep your hand upon us, that you would lead us guide us and strengthen us 
from the greatest to the least, the power of the Holy Ghost would be rich and real to all. I pray for those that are sick and in various stages of recovery, that the hand of God would continue to lift up and provide redemptive lift and strength and recovery. We ask it in the name above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. In this particular passage, there are actually two other recordings or renditions of this exact same occurrence. Um, in a very shallow and simple way, theologically speaking, it is called the harmony of the Gospels in that it is an occurrence that is picked up by more than one or two authors but is synonymous uh, among Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But I think even more importantly is that God is trying to get a message across, and he's saying it not once in Matthew, not twice in Mark, but it's also found in Luke. And so there is a unique emphasis that is upon this scripture. Uh, this is important also because it involves a journey over water, which it is not the only journey that they will take. Some of the other journeys that um, may be familiar to us, maritime examples in which the disciples are on a boat in various situations, you know that at the very end of the Gospels, we see that Peter and the rest of the disciples went a fishing and we find them on boats in the water. You also remember that Jesus put him in the boat after feeding the multitudes and as during the fourth watch, Jesus is walking on the water and they screamed in fear because they thought it was a spirit. And of course, Peter rose to the occasion and requested to be with Jesus and he had an invitation into the supernatural. Praise God. Additionally, to add interest to this particular passage is the fact that we have fishermen that are on board. These are not novices. These are not wannabes. These are not part-timers. We have at least four of the disciples that are full-time fishermen. Peter, Andrew, James, and John were fishermen at the time of their calling by the Lord. So they understood the dangers of water. They understood what it was like to be in a boat, to live in a boat, to work in a boat, to have fellowship in a boat, to eat their lunch in a boat. They understood the dynamics of wind, of waves, and they also understood the dynamics of working with fish. And so they understood and comprehended this request that Jesus is making to go to the other side. As we already begin to step back and look from a broader perspective, we are seeing that, that this particular passage of Scripture is postured between the physical realm and the supernatural. As we see as this journey continues to unfold, that there are things that will arise that are intended to benefit the overall faith and ultimate ministry of the disciples. And so the disciples are going to be challenged with the familiar and then the physical realm, but they are on their journey into a dimension of the supernatural. 
The reason why we know that is because in Mark chapter number 5, the Bible says that they go into the land of the Gadarenes. And immediately that there is a man that is possessed with a legion of devils. And so on their way on mission, on their way to the supernatural, on their way to deliverance, on their way to aid and to help a human being that is bound by devils, they are confronted with problems in the natural that none of them anticipated. And so the Bible says at even or at evening time, they are requesting to take a journey. I believe that if you could have given the microphone to Peter or Andrew or James or John, that they would also be able to chime in and tell you that, you know, a journey at nighttime could have some problems. When the sun goes down and the moon rises, oftentimes there is a wind that begins to blow. And there are different issues that become problematic of being on water at night. But the Lord is on board and all is well. As our story continues to open up, the Bible tells us that in the midst of this journey with one great ship with the disciples and Jesus on board, there are little ships that are following. That a great wind, in fact, a great storm of a wind arises. And the waves beat into the ship. And if I know anything about the disciples, and you've just got to love them because they're just, it's just an unvarnished, it's, 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 it's just a plain view of humanity. It's almost like Peter is reaching for the edge of the boat so that he can walk over the edge and actually walk on water. No doubt there were voices that said, where do you think you're going? You think you're better than everybody? Just because you got a revelation and got the keys, now you're going to think you can do all things? I can almost, if I can let my mind wander a little bit, I can almost hear the disciples that were full-time fishermen said, you know what, I told you that if we made this journey at night, that we were going to have some problems. I, I, I wanted to suggest it to the Lord, but you know what? We trust him. Uh, there's nobody like him. And so we followed him. We got on board. We pushed away from the shore. And now we've taken a journey at night. And now what did I tell you? The wind is beginning to blow. And the waves are becoming boisterous. In fact, the Bible uses emphatic language when it says there arose a great storm of wind, whether it was a tailwind or it was in their face, which was ultimate resistance. It was a wind that jeopardized and began to rock the boat uh, from side to side. And then the Bible continues when it says that the waves were great and beat into the ship, which means that they came over the bow. They came over the stern. They came over the sides until the Bible says that the ship was now full. That which was on the outside, that had become a danger, has now become a problem on the inside. Our feet, our toes, our sandals, and our ankles that enjoyed dryness and was ready for dry land is now, it's up to our toes, it's up to our ankles, and it's moving up our calves. 
there is now desperation inside the boat. There is now desperation. They're looking at each other. They're beginning to utter and mutter under their breaths. We should have never taken this journey. We should have never got out here. We should have never taken this at night. I don't even know what we're doing out here. Ladies and gentlemen, let me let you know that God is in control. What these singers were singing about tonight is absolutely true. Whether it is the coronavirus, whether it is the swine flu, H1N1, SARS, AIDS, it makes no difference. God is greater. No sickness is greater than God. No problem is greater than God. No storm is greater than God. Oh, let's clap our hands and give him praise. Really, this was not uncharted waters and unfamiliar waters to the disciples. We're talking about the Sea of Galilee. In fact, when they were called by the Lord, they were working with their nets at the edge of the Sea of Galilee. It was a place that they knew well. It was a place that had become familiar many, many moons before this trip. But what made it uncharted waters is the fact that it was at night. It was during a storm. It was up and down. That which is on the inside is threatening to come in, sink our boat, sink our church, sink our congregation. It's reeling and rolling. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, God is in control. All things work together for good. I want to encourage somebody out there. God knows where you're at on the ocean. God knows where you're at in the storm. God knows all about the waves. God knows all about the wind. But he's working something out within us to teach us. Let's clap our hands and give him praise. And let's trust him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Finally, somebody asks, where's Jesus? In all of their dilemma, in all of their agony, in all of the stress of the moment, they're looking at one another because there, there was a friction because of the personalities that were present. There, there, was, there, was a, there was a struggle for leadership and a struggle to be the top and the struggle to be the closest to the Lord and the struggle, the struggle, the struggle, the struggle, the struggle. And in all of the commotion, where's Jesus? Jesus, according to our scripture, is in the hinder part of the ship. The hinder is the stern, which means it is in the rear of the boat. In one of our occasions, it says he is in the hold, which talking about he's under, he's in a sub-deck. He is not even on the same level where the disciples are. He's on another level. And so one of the disciples makes this incredible statement. This is classic. Master, carest not that we perish? I don't believe he came in with bold assertion. 
that had accusation in its tone. I don't believe that he came down to the Lord and was angry. I believe that he, he came in because he understood the power and the identity of Jesus Christ. And it was, it was a pitiful request. Master, carest not that we perish? And so Jesus gets up. He goes to the bow of the boat. And the Bible said he rebuked the wind. And then he spoke to the waves. It became placid, rolling tide and rolling waves became still and calm. And now Jesus is preaching a very short but powerful message. Why are you so fearful? Paul, writing to Timothy, says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. Can I get an amen out there in camera land? Of power and love and a sound mind. When you get God on the inside, it can be rocking and rolling. It can be going from side to side and stem to stern. But God has given you the ability to think right. God has given you the ability to pray right. God has got, given you the ability to live right. God has given you the ability to see right. Somebody clap your hands and somebody give him praise. God knows where you're at even though it's uncharted waters. Hallelujah. And so the disciples are in amazement. Wow, we got through this problem. We got through that church issue. We got through that situation. We got through that problem. I went on a three-day fast, or I went on a five-day fast, or I prayed an extra hour. I'm not minimizing those things. Those are awesome things to do. And, and, and God arose, and God stepped out of his throne, and God spoke, and my problem dissipated. My situation evaporated. The disciples exclaimed, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? I'm going to tell you he's omnipotent. The fullness of the Godhead was in him bodily. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. When you say Jesus, you're not talking about the second person of a fictitious trinity. You're talking about the almighty God robed in flesh. The one that spoke the worlds into existence. The one that flung stars into their place. The one that created waves. The one that created wind. And they were blown away. Wow. Isn't it amazing when God does something in our lives, it elevates our faith. It elevates our hope. It elevates our potential. It changes everything. I think we ought to thank God for that right now. 
I think we ought to clap our hands. I think we should lift our voice. God still has all the power. God is omniscient. God is omnisapient. God is ubiquitous. God's everywhere. God knows everything. God has all power. You might be in uncharted waters today. The church seems to be in uncharted waters. Our culture is shutting down. Our culture has restrictions. This coronavirus is taking over. The fear of a pandemic seems to grip everybody. But God is in control. Woo! But that's not the great miracle. The great miracle of this story is not that the creator could speak to creation and creation obey. That is not the great miracle here. The hidden miracle in this story is the hidden miracle to the church that is in uncharted waters. The miracle is, is that Jesus is sound asleep in a storm that is threatening, perceived to be, their very own lives are at stake. It seems like we are at the end. It doesn't seem like we're going to be able to pay our bills. It doesn't seem like we're going to be able to get to point B. It doesn't seem like we're going to be able to have our plans seen to fulfillment. It doesn't seem like I'm going to get to what I was thinking. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like everything, anything's going to happen. We've never been here before. The church has never been here before. The church has never been here in the 20th century. The church has never been here in the 19th century. The church is here today in the 21st century. And I want to tell you that God is still God. He has all power, all direction, anticipates our blessing, anticipates our revival, anticipates a great purpose because God is in control. Let's clap our hands and give him great praise. Jesus is sound asleep in the worst storm I have ever been in. Doesn't he care about me? Doesn't he know what I'm feeling? Doesn't he know what my thoughts are? God is sound asleep. And he's sound asleep to give us a living, breathing lesson. That when I'm on board, there's no cause for fear. There's no cause for worry. If I'm on the boat, you're going to succeed. If I'm on the boat in uncharted waters, in choppy waters, in stormy wind, in stormy days, with a pandemic, with situations, financial crisis, the church is always going to make it to the other side because there is a demoniac that is waiting on deliverance, that is waiting on the power of God, that is waiting on us to get there. And Jesus has an appointment of deliverance and power and glory. Clap your hands and let's give God all the praise. You might feel like God is on another planet. You might think, feel like God's in the next building over. You might think that God is anywhere but where you are. Peace 
I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Thank God for the peace because Jesus is on board. Jesus is on another level, but Jesus is going to make it to the other side. He wants us to understand the supernatural. He wants us to see this. He wants us to partake of this. He wants us to be a part of this. Let's lift our hands and give God all the praise and all the glory. The church is in uncharted waters. It's storming. The winds are blowing. The news is saying this. The news is saying that. We're listening to voices. We're listening to doubt. We're becoming afraid. We're becoming perplexed. But God is in control. Let's clap our hands and give him all the praise and all the glory. Come on, let's give him praise and glory. You might be watching this today and saying, Pastor, you just don't understand. Oh, I understand. But I have learned to cast all of your care upon him for he careth for you. Casting all of your care upon him. I want to end with a very familiar passage of scripture. The Bible says, and we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, they also called, and whom all justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Let's stand, let's lift our hands. If you're watching this online, let's lift your hands and lift your voice where you are right now. The church is in uncharted waters, but there is a confidence in the Holy Ghost. There is an optimism that I have never sensed before. In fact, my wife and I were out of town this past weekend, and and even before we left Tennessee, we were preaching in Tennessee, even before we left Tennessee, I felt such an optimism in my spirit that this time and these occasions are like any other time. It's not like any other situation. Could it be that the paradigm of culture is changing and shifting in just such a way that true apostolic ministry and true apostolic authority could come to the forefront as it never has in any previous generation or century? Could it be that when this thing finally gets rectitude and rightness and it finally lands upright, that the apostolic church will be postured like we never have been before, having gone through the storm, having resisted the wind, having resisted all of the voices that said to go overboard and jump and get off the boat and get out of this. The church is in uncharted waters, but Jesus is on board. Let's lift our hands and give him praise. God bless you.